So we're in our second week of Advent, um, and last week was our children's service, and we, we, the, the first week of Advent was joy, and Scott t- spoke to us about joy. We're in our second week of Advent leading up to Christmas, and Advent is helping us to reflect on not just what Christmas is about, but who Christmas is about. Uh, Advent invites us to, to look in the manger to look at Jesus, to look at the baby and consider the, um, what it means for us, consider Jesus, not just any baby. All, baby. all babies are special, don't get me wrong, uh, but, but Jesus was not just any baby. And Advent is an invitation for us to reflect on that birth of that very special baby, a person. And so we've called this, we've given this a mini theme, we've called this Consider Jesus. When you reflect um, consider Jesus. Consider what Jesus might mean for you. And maybe this is your you know, first Christmas if you're Elisha. Maybe it's your 50th Christmas if you're like me, 50-something. Um, and maybe whatever it is, but our invitation this year is for you to consider Jesus and, and consider what it means for you. So Advent lets us or draws us or traditionally helps us to to consider four things, and, it, and we look at four words, and we, we know them, we don't we? We do this every Advent. We look at joy, love, hope, and peace. And so last week was joy, and um, they're not just randomly chosen words. They're words because they genuinely reflect what this baby has brought to the world, what this, what this Saviour has brought to the world. That, you know, and we sing joy to the world. That we, and we remember that last week, that when we consider Jesus, we consider the joy that he would bring. And maybe we don't see joy around us all the time, and, and it's right, we don't. But the joy that we know that he's brought for us in eternity, we consider the joy of knowing him and the joy of being able to be part of his family, which we celebrated this morning. And then we look at love, which we're going to look at today, and we go on looking at hope, the hope which we have in Jesus. You know, um, so many times during this, uh, this COVID season, I had conversations with people that were either uh, sick or, or really struggling with COVID, but even non-COVID related things. And we've looked at each other and thought, how would you go through this without knowing Jesus? How would you go through a deep sickness or a deep struggle or a family struggle where would that hope come from? That hope comes from this baby. And so uh, Joel's going to help us focus on that next week. And we finish with peace. And Christmas Day is peace. The peace that Jesus brought into the world. That we don't have to fight anymore for significance. That we don't have to struggle anymore to be known by God. But we have peace in knowing that we belong to him and that we will be with him one day. I'm not going to preach all the other sermons. Because today we're reflecting on love. And love's pretty cool. You know, but not just any love, um, the way that you might understand love or the way that we might express love, uh, because in our world, uh, love is probably the most overused, um, overdefined, misdefined, misconstrued, and misunderstood word ever. There is, you know, if you go to the dictionary, if you get Mr. Google and you type in define love, you'd be going for pages. And it's just so messed up in our world sometimes. It's defined differently, it's understood differently, it's expressed differently. uh, And that's not a bad thing all the time. Sometimes people express love differently and that's the way that they understand it and more. But Advent doesn't invite us to reflect on our love. 
And that's why when we talk about Advent love, we're looking at it differently. It doesn't, affect, it doesn't invite us to reflect on the love that we have the way, or the way our culture expresses, us, expresses it. It invites us to look at Jesus and consider his love. A love like no other. And if we do that honestly, if you really do that, you begin to actually see what real love is. And there's, you know, if you want to search the Bible for love verses, there is plenty. But I just want to, I, want to, I think I've got a, a screen, a, just two scriptures that I wanted to, to share that are just key scriptures to help us understand love. Have we got them there? And John 3.16. Who, if I blank the screen, who could quote this just at the top of their head? For God so loved the world, so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, gave that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's, it gives you a hint. You begin to see ah, what this love is all about. And the next scripture, his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Who doesn't want to live? We all want to live. That we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. And so as we look at this baby in the manger, as we look at Jesus, we see he's going to grow into someone who loves us intensely, so much so that he gives his life for us. I talked about love recently, didn't I, in that sermon series, God Is, that was a few weeks ago, if you remember that, where we talked about where God said to, to Moses or said to the people through Moses that he was abounding in steadfast love. Anyone remember that sermon? Remember that sermon? That unshakable, that reliable, that abundant love, that that, that love was fixed and that, that it was firm. And we talked about that, didn't we? And that that is who God is and always will be. And that's what love is. But Christmas, the manger is where, and I mentioned this in, in, in when I did the message, the manger, when we, we see Jesus, that's where that love finally comes to its full expression. There were going to be many opportunities that God was going to have to love his people as they continued through the desert, as, as nations rebelled, and as, as they, they did all the things that God asked them not to do, as obstinate human beings often do. But Jesus, the manger, when Jesus was born, would be that ultimate expression that would be where we would finally see God's steadfast love in its greatest expression at all, in Jesus. So Advent, when we consider Jesus, is not, not only do we see what love is, but we see what love did. It's one thing to define love, isn't it? It's one thing to look at it as a noun, you know. But we get to see, in Jesus, we see what love did, what God's love did. And I've got to tell you, it's so different than the way that we might love. You know, God's love is, um, is really different. There's quite a contrast to the way that we love as humans. We love each other. And I want to show you how this morning. I want to, and I'm, I'm actually not going to do justice to this. And God help me, there's some people here that need to hear this message this morning, including me. But I want us to see what God's love is this morning. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about this love. This love shows up. This love just doesn't 
call you from a distance or say, I hope you're doing, or send you a card and saying, I've heard you're struggling, I'm thinking of you. This love shows up. This love showed up in Hebrews chapter, one, in Hebrews chapter 2, in that small section where, where it says that, that God made him a little lower than the angels. He sent him, he showed up. This love shows up. He comes into the middle of our lives, into the middle of our mess. This love shows up when it's necessary. This love makes things right. You know, this is not a love um, that just tells us, hey, guys, you know, this is what's wrong in the world. We know what's wrong in the world. This is what's wrong with you. This is how you fix it. Um, Let me tell you or even show you how to fix it. This love makes it right. He didn't just show us what's right, made things right. He made us right. The Bible uses language like, we, we just, I'm using simple language like, this love makes us right. The Bible uses this language. We were made righteous because of what Jesus did. This love just doesn't tell you how to get right. It doesn't send you an instruction book. It doesn't send you a, a sheet and sort of say, let me give you one to ten how to sort this stuff out. Or maybe let me show you. I'll do a workshop so you can figure it out. That's what I would do. That's how I would love you. This love makes things right. We were made righteous. Fixing what's wrong. Fixing brokenness. Fixing separation. Not just telling us how to do it. Love is not transactional. I'll love you this way if you love me that way. This love is unconditional. You don't have to meet someone else's standards. You don't have to meet even your own standards. There are no KPIs that you've got to reach for this love, to achieve this love. It's not dependent on your culture or the kind of family that you grew up in or where you came from. It doesn't matter if you're a doubter or if you're a sceptic. In fact, if you're a doubter and a sceptic, this love really has something to say to you. It's not kept away from you. It's unconditional. This love is offered to us, given to us unconditionally. It accepts us as we are. When we mess up, when we make mistakes, when we disappoint God, when we disappoint each other, this love remains strong. It accepts us. This is the love that we see in Jesus. When we think we're not good enough or we've failed too much, anyone ever been in that boat? I certainly have. When you think you're not good enough, when you think, oh, I've messed up so much, there is no way this love accepts us. When we feel unlovable, when we feel like he probably even won't want us anymore, if he knew how bad we were, and he does, by the way, that he probably isn't interested in me anymore. This love sees us, sees it, and still loves us, still wants us, still accepts us. There's this movie, I don't know if it was in the 80s or the 90s, and some of you that are old like me would remember it, The Fisher King. Anyone remember The Fisher King? Uh, Robin Williams played a a, a character, and there was a a girl that he was in love with in this movie. And um, he had watched her for a long time from afar, and, and she was an absolute klutz. She would trip over things, she would do things, she did weird things, she was strange, and she was... And he gets to go out on a date with her... And he wants to continue, but she kind of is a bit afraid. She says, look, you know, it's probably better if we don't continue or it's probably better if we don't because if you really get to know me, if you really get to understand what I'm like, it'll be off. She's obviously experienced many dates before where someone's dated her, then seen how she's a klutz or she does something wrong and then um, they don't want to date her anymore. I pulled a clip out. I want you to watch a clip. It's just over a minute 
and watch, watch how this plays out, if, you, if we can get that up. I have a confession I have to make to you. You're married? No. You're divorced? No. You, you have a disease? No, please stop. I'm in love with you. Not just from tonight. I've known you for a long time. I know that you come out from work at noon every day and you fight your way out that door and then you get pushed back in and three seconds later you come back out again. And I, I walk with you to lunch and I know if it's a good day if you stop and get that romance novel at that bookstore. I know what you order and I know on Wednesdays you go to that Timson parlor and I know that you get a jawbreaker before you go back into work. And I know you hate your job and you don't have many friends and I know sometimes you feel a little uncoordinated and you don't feel as wonderful as everybody else and feeling as alone and separate as you feel you are and I love you. I love you. That's what it's like with God. He knows what you do at lunchtime. He knows when you feel like a klutz. He knows when you make mistakes. But he accepts us. This love accepts us just, it's unconditional. It's just as we are. This is not the way that we love each other. This is God's love. This is what we see in Jesus. This love makes us significant means that we matter, means that we belong. We're born insignificant, but in Jesus, we belong. They're the two cries of the human heart, aren't they? That we all want to have purpose, we all, we all want to belong, we want to, we want to be part of something. This love makes us significant. Elisha's just not another baby born in 2020. He's not just another baby out of the billions of humans on earth at the moment. This love that we focus on in Advent, the love of Jesus, the love of God in Jesus makes you and I significant. We matter, we belong because of this love. This love is like no other. I need to hear this. This love is consistent. You can count on it. It doesn't change with this love me at the end of today. Will he still love me tomorrow? Will he still love me next week? It, it doesn't depend on your performance or your mood, if you're in a bad mood or a good mood or you did well or you didn't do well. God's love is consistent. It doesn't back off when you back off. Do you remember? Abounding in steadfast love, abundant love. And this love is boundless, it's extravagant, it's lavish, it's generous, it's not meted out in bits and pieces, it's given. God just doesn't give you a little bit of it to see if you do okay. He just gives you the lot right up front and says, here it is, I love you, just as you are. That's what this love represents. I could go on, but there's one more. This love will bear a great cost. This is the kind of love that can carry and bear an enormous cost. And in Jesus it did. Even when the price is super high. Even when the price is your own life. Even when the price is separation from the one that you love. There is no price too high for this love. There is no limits. In Matthew 1 verse 21, 
The angel says to, to Mary, or the angel declares, sorry, to Joseph. He said, she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This love will do whatever is necessary, will pay whatever price to save us from our sins. And he did. This baby didn't stay a baby. He grew into a man who led a band of, a rabble band of men and then gave his life as a sacrifice for you and I because of this love. So you can see that this love that we focus on in Advent, this love is not just words, it's action. It's not just how God feels about us. We don't just read the word and say, oh, God loves me, and we don't just write on a card, God loves you. It isn't just a feeling, although that's nice, but it's how that... And we wouldn't still be talking about Jesus' love 2,000-odd years later if he'd only said it. We talk about it 2,000 years later because he did it. He did what love was supposed to do. And you know, this is exactly the kind of love that we were made for. It's what we were designed for. We need this kind of love. Our hearts yearn for it. We spend our lives searching for that kind of love. In all kinds of places. Because love is how we see or we feel or we hear that we're valuable. And so we desperately want this. We'll look for it. We'll seek it out in creative ways through our life. And everyone's different. We will look for it somewhere. We, we'll look for it in relationships. We'll try to find that kind of love in another human. We'll try to the right partner or maybe just a partner if we haven't got a partner. I've got to have a partner. We'll look for it in the right kind of relationship or the right partner. We'll look for it in money or, or security. We'll look for it in a career. We'll look for it in recognition or adulation because you know somehow I'm going to get love or receive love from that. We're going to look for it in the, in the right kind of friends or the right social set or, or being on trend. Uh, maybe it's self-betterment. We'll go to some communes. We'll, we'll be one with ourselves and we'll find that love there, that right lifestyle or maybe the right politics or the right way to think. Maybe even religion or religious activity. Because we were made for this kind of love, we can't escape the fact that we're always going to try to fill it from somewhere. Every single one of us because that's how you were made. You were designed by God to receive the love that we witness in the manger. Now, there's nothing wrong with all those things. There's right partners and careers and money. And, and we do get some value and love and satisfaction out of them for a time. But the problem is, at some point, somewhere, somehow, these human and imperfect things will fail us. They'll let us down somewhere. There's gaps. There's disappointments. We will look so hard and we'll put all of our stake into something or into someone to love us the way that we innately look for love. We may not acknowledge that it's God's love that we need to, but it is. And we, 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 we may not acknowledge that. 
and we'll look for everywhere. And finally, it'll be imperfect. It won't, it'll just, it won't be quite what we need. It won't be, this person will let us down. They'll do the wrong thing or, or this, the, the money will go or the career will, whatever it is. Or the social set, which the trend will change and you have to change your whole wardrobe again. Eventually, it's going to let us down. This love is the only love that won't let us down. We want, I want that love. If you sit here and you don't even know that yet, let me tell you that that's how you were made. You want that kind of love. And Christmas shows us that love in Jesus. Because this love was expressed in presence. Like I said, he showed up in Jesus. A baby, a vulnerable baby. He didn't come in glory. He didn't come sort of on a, on, on, you know, with, a, with a, an orchestra. He didn't come with a, with a shining light around him into the middle of the all is not calm. We sing all is calm, all is bright, all is not so calm. He didn't come riding in on a horse in glory. He came as a baby, grew and walked the same walk as us. He tasted humanity just like we do. He loved us even though and we rejected him and still do sometimes. We push him away. We say we can figure it out ourselves. We'll get this sorted out ourselves. I spent many years of my life doing that. And I still do it every now and then. But he still came. He still showed up in the middle of that. And he came as a baby. He watched us. He watches us. He watches us make a mash of it in so many ways. And still this love became more than words. This love showed up when it really mattered in the cross. When we were out of options. At the end of our own capacity to save ourselves. And put up your hand if you have the capacity to save yourself. When we came to the end of the road for ourselves, he did what it would take to save us and show us the way home. This is no ordinary love. And this love calls for a response. I'm almost done here, guys. Three things. Surrender. Stop resisting. Stop trying to find it in everything but Jesus. There's so many reasons we do that. And I started looking and I thought, that's a whole other sermon. Stop trying to fill it with something else. And there's often good reasons and there's things that happen in our lives that we do that. But surrender, because it's really only found in Jesus. This Christmas, look, rest in it. How many of us don't need rest? How many of us spend our lives striving and pushing and trying to get things done or engineer things to happen for our lives? <clears throat> look at it this Christmas. Look at the love that Jesus gives us. <coughs> and rest. Second one, bond to his love. What it looks like to love him, who he is and what he does. Figure out what it means for you to love God and it looks different for every one of us. Some of us become pastors or missionaries. Some of us become brilliant businessmen. Some of us do lead life groups. Some of us lead children. Some of us just about before, figure out what it means for you to love God and to honour him with your life. What it looks like. And figure out what it looks like to receive what he did for you. 
And the third thing, love others. When you love God, only then can you really love others. Scripture I said before is a little bit more. I think I've got a slide for that. I just want to read this one to you. This is where 1 John um, challenges us. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. We've just talked about that this morning. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. So three things. Surrender. Love God and love others. When you look at the manger, when you focus on the love that Jesus showed, when you accept it and receive it, when you recognize what this love is like, let go. Let go and accept it for yourself. Surrender. Love God. Figure out what that looks like and then just love others. We can never rightly love others unless we know how to love God. There's probably, there's probably so much more I could say or preach on this morning. There's so many readings and things on Advent, on love, and so many things about God's love. You know, preaching on God's love is like sort of saying, where do I begin? You know, there's so many things that I could have done, so many thoughts and understandings, but I'm just going to leave it at this this morning. I want you to think about this love. This love showed up. This love makes things right. This love is unconditional. This love is consistent. It makes us significant. It's boundless price. This Christmas, look into the manger, see Jesus and know love showed up. This is our God, the servant king. Let's pray. God, it's hard to um, do justice to speaking of your love. Secondly, because we all experience it, know it, have experienced it, see it, feel it differently. And that's the beauty of your love, that you speak to us in different ways, that you know us intimately and you reach into us. Lord, for those of us that, that know your love and, and um, celebrate it, coming up to Christmas, this Christmas, Lord, we just want to don't know your love. God, I pray for them this morning. I pray that you would show them that you would show them what it is, what your love is, and what it does. That it transforms everything. It changes life. It brings peace. It brings joy. It brings hope. All of those things that we love to talk about, love to focus on, and desperately want for our own lives. Holy Spirit, help us to see how to live in the light of your love, how to look in the manger, have our hearts touched and be thankful that you showed up. In Jesus' name, amen.